You are listening to Strip Talk Podcast with Seema Lolua, an educational podcast where we discuss unpopular opinions about us, you, me, the society, and culture. Make sure you follow us and subscribe to our podcast for more interesting topics. Now, without further ado, let's dive right in. All right, joining me this evening is the beautiful Alexandra Johnson. She is from the beautiful island of the Bahamas. She has an Associates of Arts degree in psychology and sociology, a Bachelor of Arts in psychology, a Master's in clinical psychology, a Master's of Science in child forensic studies. Amazing psychology and law. She's certified cognitive behavioral life coach and a certified Christian life coach. For the past 11 years, she has worked within the public sector, that is the in-inpatient care and outpatient care, serving persons across lifespan who are present with psychological issues. She actively serves in ministry. She's an ordained youth pastor for the past 19 years. She also served as a minister for the past four years. She's a sought-after speaker, And for the past 15 years, she has been invited to speak at both private and public organizations, clubs, churches, schools, and have been featured on webinars and on talk shows promoting mental and spiritual wellness. Alexandra enjoys writing. She's a two-time best-selling author. She is the co-author of five books and the author of five books. She serves as the CEO at Winners Avenue Books and Salt and Light International. She enjoys helping people live optimally from the inside out. Ladies and gentlemen, please make welcome the amazing, delectable Alexandra Johnson. Andrea, thank you so much for joining us this evening. It's such a great privilege and honor to have you with us. And it's a great privilege and honor, Simi, to be here with you. All right. So, Andrea, um, just going to our topic for today and from your experience, from your professional um, expertise and all, what, what makes a child still and what makes a child lie? One of the things I always say to parents and, and people who work with children is that um, while lying is inappropriate and stealing is also inappropriate, we find that it is common in young children. Right. Um, but I always caution persons when it crosses over to something else, maybe something um, pathological, when it crosses over, it's the frequency and intensity that makes it cross over. Okay. Right. So in my work, um, I've seen lying and stealing the byproducts of something else. So um, maybe children who may present with lying and stealing and then you test further. Given the presentation, we find that those children were later diagnosed with ADHD. Oh, wow. Right. And then or conduct disorder or even oppositional defiant behaviors. So it it can be byproducts of disorders. We mm-hmm. even see that um, children who present with um, exposure, early exposure, prenatal exposure to alcohol, they okay. tend to have problems with poor impulse control. Oh, and wow. And lying and feeling is a part of that. Yes. 
So, so when we dig further, given the presentation, hmm. you know, those are some of the things that we would have found, you know. And um, pay association do see me. I, okay. I've worked with um, um, children who came from what we call good homes, balanced hmm. homes, parents who took the time to invest in them, to raise them, but just being connected to, let's say, TV and pairs. Um, mm. They find themselves adapting some of the behaviors because, you know, teens see me have this desire to fit in and belong. Mm, right. But, yeah. but does that happen with younger children or teenagers? Because I noticed that, I mean, when when we get to that teen stage, that's when one begins to want to feel like I should belong. Or maybe I'm just the one having the wrong um, insinuation about that. You know, CB, it's, it's happening. So teenagers, and you're quite right, you know, it's prevalent um, during the teen years. But even younger children, you know, having this, having this need to fit like, I'm, when I'm talking young, I'm talking like nine, 10 year olds. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Nine, 10 year olds that would have, um, um, you know, have uh, pair associations with, with um, other children who mm-hmm. are known for these kinds of behaviors because mm-hmm. they, they want to have friends. You know, friends, that, that's important. That's an important part of development. You know, we sure. are social creatures and so sure. we are born to connect, you know? Right, right, <laughs> right. So yeah. now that we, we've gotten to know that, okay, it could be as a result of something else, what can parents do to stop it? And so that's where the mental health professionals come in. Okay. And the course of treatment can vary, but a key component to treatment would be some behavioral therapy and behavioral modifications and the like. So that's where, um, so if a parent is seeing it happen frequently all mm-hmm. the time and it's intense, so that's not something to say, okay, they're going to grow out of it. Mm-hmm. It's something that you want to you want to go and see a mental health professional so that they can do a, a full psychological evaluation to right. help you to understand what's happening with your child so that they can get the early intervention. Mm. Okay, so another problem is bedwetting. And I've seen situations where kids continue till their teenage years. What also is the cause of that? Mm-hmm. So, um, about 11 years ago, I did some research. Mm-hmm. And so my research involved girls, girls mm-hmm. with um, disruptive behaviors that were taken out of the um, traditional school environment and right. sent to a alternative school, mm. right? In my work with them, I found that a lot of the girls, like more than 50% of the girls, maybe even more than 75% of the girls there engage in bedwetting past, past the age of 12, all the way up to their later teens. They were about 16, 17 there. And wow. even at that time, they were still bedwetting. Hmm. One of the other interesting correlates that I also found was um, abuse histories. 
Okay. And um, them being endorsing, self-reporting, experiencing anxiety and depression. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. Yeah. So those were the two correlates. So are you saying, are you saying that if, if one notices that in a child, like you've, you've passed the age of bedwetting and you're still bedwetting, that means that there was something, you know, wrong with, is it childhood? Maybe the anxiety thing didn't stop or perhaps, um, when they were still bedwetting, the way they were, they were addressed and, you know, the fear thing just got to them and it affected them. I mean, is that what you're saying? Right. So, so what we find is that, that they're, they're usually a psychological underpinning. Um, um, there's usually a psychological underpinning that, that parents should investigate. Like I know a lot of parents tend to be angry and punitive. Yes. Yeah, very punitive and um, verbally so, physically so when they see their their older children and teens, you know, bedwetting. That there's more to what you see. Mm-hmm. That's understand what is happening with them. Right. And yeah. and if, if one because like you said, of course parents will get angry and they could even take punitive measures. And that is that means that you're not addressing the root cause. And you could be severing your relationship with your child the more. Precisely. That that's it. That's it. And mm-hmm. and just putting a wedge, a further wedge between you and your child. So mm-hmm. there goes bonding and building and strengthening a relationship with that child who mm-hmm. you can see is in need of help. There are um biological and physical um explanations for it as well. But um, I I encourage persons, and so I I encourage persons to have their child be seen by a pediatrician. Okay, we cannot underscore the psychological underpinnings. Okay, so like psychological underpinnings, could you give us examples of those? It can be a child who maybe experienced something traumatic. Okay, um, they may not they may not say anything about it. They may not open or maybe comfortable with sharing with an adult because they may have their own ideologies of how what they say would be received or perceived and so that the trauma they they may experience something mm. that mm. they do not and so so it's important for parents to to go alongside them and be gentle with their children mm. and seek to understand what is happening okay okay well what has happened mm. So, and all of this, I mean, from everything we've discussed so far, there is one denominating factor, which is mental health, you know, Mm -hmm. and of course, um, while we were growing up, it wasn't so rampant, even though we were experiencing it, but there was no name for it, right? And we just, (laughs) we survived growing up, right? And we are still growing but in our day and age, mental health is something that is very, um, we, many, we are creating more awareness about it. But talking about that of the child, 
what can one do? What can parents guidance do to develop a strong to help their child or their children develop or their wards develop a strong mental health in view of future challenges that they can they might encounter and in view of whatever it is that they they could be you know experiencing and not telling anyone. One of the things I, I tell parents, not just parents, anyone and that are mm-hmm. uh, social workers, youth pastors, ministers. So one of the things that, that I always encourage them to do is to model to model good mental health. Mm, okay. You, know, you, mm. you have to model good mental health. You have to model balance. Mm, mm, mm. If if you are not taking and I always encourage parents and everybody who work with children, you have to take care of yourself because the child pick the one that any model good good mental health. Hmm. I I one of the another thing is to strengthen the attachment and strengthen the bonds. Do hmm. not underestimate the importance of building a healthy relationship with a child, so hmm. that a child can know that if anything happens to me in this world, hmm. I can come to you. I can come to you to talk about it. I have somebody that I can share with. I am not alone in this world. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not just out there without support. I'm connected to someone. Mm-hmm. And that just does wonders for them in terms of them having a sense of, again, you know, I'm not alone and it doesn't matter what I go through. I can reach out to somebody for support. That assurance goes a long way with with um, securing and um, just preserving and just helping the mental health of children and just helping them to cope with difficulties they need to know that I have support. I have somebody that I can reach out to who will mm. listen to me. Mm. <laughs> Affirming okay. children see me is important. Telling them how loved and beautiful they are. Mm. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to like weigh what you just said now with with the will I say is it way now mm-hmm. wait with with the peer pressure that they may have when the parents are not there because. It's, I mean, you, your parents cannot be everywhere, right? And there are times that you would experience things like peer pressure to do things. So what is, can you tell us from your experience, um, which has more force? The, um, I'm with you. You're not alone from a parent or the, this is how we do it. Peer pressure thing. Which one weighs more? Oh boy. Hey, um, Timmy, that's, that's a question I get a lot. I, I must say that, um, um, the pairs, pairs can have a strong pull, um, have a strong impact on, on sometimes with adolescents and teens do, and they can affect the choices that they make their judgment. Mm. But again, you know, it's, it's a child understanding though that even if I make a mistake, I would not be frowned on. I would not be ostracized that mm. my mom would understand that, okay, I, I made a mistake. They would give mm. me grace. They would still love me. They would work with me through this mistake. And mm. I think a lot of parents, you know, they can be very punitive in nature and okay. they don't give grace to the child who makes mistakes. Okay. But then again, is there any room for punitive measures? in child in you know helping a child develop maybe for instance strong mental health and have 
helping a child have a holistic um, wellness and development. Is there a is there a room for punitive measure? And if there is, to what extent? Yeah, yeah. So there is, you know, there is there is room for corrective measures. You okay. you want to be able to guide the behavior and teach your child what is appropriate, what's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. Right. There's room for corrective measures. And um, there's a lot of things that, that parents can do to, to actually change behavior long-term. And so that's what I try to help parents to understand too, that you don't want to just um, dole out or do a corrective measure and it's just a short-term change. The work right. is for long-term. And mm-hmm. so I, I usually encourage parents, you, you have to go the distance. You have to have your boundaries. You mm-hmm. can't be a free-for-all. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there are ways to do it. I, I always say you have to ground it in love, though. Right, right. It has to be grounded in anger. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it has to be grounded in love. Like mm-hmm. the child, even though the child is receiving punitive measures, the child should know that, okay, my parent loves me at the end of the day. Right. Like I'm being punished because yeah. I did wrong and this punishment is to correct me. Yeah, it's it's and it's the it's the help me, it's the guide me, but but not the messaging that I am bad, you know, mm. I am evil, I am rude, I never get things right, you know, mm. not that kind of messaging. Right. Okay. 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 Um, one more question before we let you go. So what kind of, um, I mean, we're talking about wholeness and all for a child. What kind of questions can you, and the reason why I'm asking this, I, I used to be, a, you know, a child who, who hardly opens up. Right. So if my heart goes out to children like that, and I Mm -hmm. ask this question on their behalf, what kind of question can you ask a child in order to help him or her open up more? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I get this one all the time. You know, um, parents usually come and say, okay, my child is not talking to me. They don't talk to me. They don't say anything to me. They just mm-hmm. go in their room. Right. They just do their thing and they don't say anything. You know, one of the things that I always encourage children, I mean, not children, parents and um, people who work with children, the yeah. way to get children to talk that I found in my years who work with them is you have to be genuinely interested about getting into their world. Mm. Right. So, so don't, don't, don't make them feel that they have to come into your world. You, mm. you have to go into their world. Right. 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 Wow. That's profound. But, well, I mean. Yeah, you have to go into their world. How, how easy is that really for, for an adult? Because let's face it. Yeah. We know that. You know, we have a lot of responsibilities Mm -hmm. as adults. You know, you have to put food on the table. You have to cater to your household. Mm -hmm. Generally, you have your social circles Mm -hmm. and all of that. And then you have a child who is just, you know, (laughs) 
they are not you have to filter through sometimes because yes let's face it you know so just you saying this not going into their world and all of that how we need to look at the other end as well how can an adult you know um do that yeah and and Jimmy, you're absolutely right like um there's so many demands on parents these mm-hmm. but um one of the things that i always tell parents like okay i understand your demands i understand what it is that you have to do but it's important for you to recognize what is really really important here wow so you you have this young child you know what's important mm-hmm. what's most important right because sure. you have this young child that is depending on you for guidance. Mm. And and if what you do and what you say right now is going to affect the trajectory of this person's whole life. Right, right, right. right. And so I, I tell parents sometimes, you know, that, okay, be prepared for a little while to delay some stuff. Like some parents mm. will tell me, oh, Miss Johnson, I, I wanted to go to college, but I have a child. And I say, okay, be prepared to delay it if you mm. can or adjust it if you can. You may not be able to take a full cost load, right. maybe one cost, two cost, or mm. you may have to adjust how much involvement you, you are in, um, let's say, your church or your civic community just mm. so that you can be there with the child during its growing and formative years. Right, right, right. right. I tell parents, Simi, children don't stay small for very long. You see them, they're born, then they start growing, then they're adults. (laughs) You have to catch it. You have to catch it. And it's easy to get into their world. And Mm -hmm. as simple as ask, rather than doing a, you're sitting with your child, right? Rather than doing a a interview or a a stick-up kind of conversation, how Mm -hmm. is your day? What did you do today? Right. If you got five words, that's success. If you got one word, that's success. Because you you created that bonding moment. Okay. You created that bonding moment. And and you can check back in. So when I work with children, how do I get them to open up? Um, so they come in, they sit down and say, How's your day? They tell me how's your day. What are some of the things that you like? I like to watch movies. Really? You like to watch movies? What mm-hmm. kind of movies do you like? Well, I like um comedy or I like horror movies. Okay, mm-hmm. what did you watch? And they tell me what they watch. I'll be like, okay, tell me about the movie. So I'm getting into that world, you see? Right. Tell me about that movie. And so they'll tell me about the movie. Oh, I watched a movie with this girl and she had a mom and a dad and they were working all the time. and they would leave her home and she would be so sad. And see, as they're telling her that movie, then there, there's something that happened in those kind of conversations. They start mm-hmm. to bring themselves to it. And then you open up the chance for them to say, well, you know something? You know, I can relate to that girl. She reminds me a lot about me. Bingo. <laughs> she does. <laughs> you see? <laughs> right, right. See, you just got into their world. You got into mm. their world. But I, have you I ever had to deal with? I I know I said this the last question, right? <laughs> but this just happened to. Have you ever dealt with um 
a, a difficult one who would not just talk, who would, you yeah. know, they are just so quiet and they are not willing to say anything. Yeah, I have. And and again, it's being patient. So when that happens to me, I would let them know. I would say, hey, would you like to write it? Mm. Would you like to draw it? Or if you prefer, we can we can sit until you're ready. Mm. And sometimes they may not be ready. Sometimes okay. they will be ready. Sometimes they may not say very much. And it's like, okay, um, is there anything else you'd like to say? Would you like to end today? Yes, I would like to end today. Um, so you would like to come back next week? Yes. So you you have to be willing to go with the the long oh. haul because you don't know what you're going to expect but you have to be patient and gentle and like I said you have to be genuinely interested wow. genuinely genuinely interested in helping teens walk through the journey hmm. I, sometimes I've had children who communicate through paper I would ask them a question on paper and they would write the answer on paper so we did the session like that <laughs> Right. Then, I would, then I would write another question, but that—that's where they was, right? I can't force them. That's where they was. Mm-hmm. Like I would have a client one time. We draw to the session. He, um, I would draw a response, uh, a face. How are you? And then they would draw a response, and then wow. you know you draw, and then you write, and you you meet them. <laughs> you have to get creative, but you have to get into their world. You have to be willing to get into their work. And you can't see it as too much or too hard or too difficult. Is that mm-hmm. the only way we're going to reach this population? Somebody have to be willing to do the work and say, okay, I'm going to push through. I'm going to be there for you through everything. Right, right. Andrea, <laughs> there is absolutely no way we are not going to have another like We will have <laughs> you back. Honestly, we need to have you back. But um, of course, you you've written some books. So where can people get these books? Right. So they can get them on Amazon. Um, My morning prayers there. Okay. Um, Names of our great God. Their kids' books. Her stories there. Um, Chain breaking experience. Breaking mental strongholds is there. They're on Amazon. Um, Healing me is coming. It's 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 coming. The journals are there. Yeah, so they're they're on Amazon. They can go ahead and get them. All right, so you can find me on Facebook if you're there. Winners Avenue Books, Salt and Light International, or you can find me via email. You can reach out to me, win with Winners Avenue Books at gmail.com or Salt and Light VR at gmail.com. Great, great. So we'll have all the emails right in our caption. Indra, it's been amazing having this conversation. Honestly, I wish, like, I'm still going to have you right back because this is so profound. You've shared so much value with us and we we don't take it for granted. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, too. Thank you so much for this honor. It's privilege to have me to share. <laughs> great, great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Hey there. Thank you so much for stopping by. I believe you gained a thing or two from tonight's episode. Go ahead, share this episode with your family, friends, and foes. Invite them to like and follow us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. Also, you can find updates about this podcast on our Facebook group at Strip Talk with Sima Lolua. 
That is Strip Talk with Sima Lolua. Do you know we have some articles there as well? They are short, easy to read, yet with so much valuable lessons about daily life and living. So join us there and you'll be glad you did. Next week promises yet another valuable episode. Don't miss it. But till then, my dear friends, I wish you Godspeed and keep well.